0: We thank You for Your Word. Holy Spirit, we want You to reveal the Son. Reveal Yourself. Reveal Jesus, the Word. Illuminate it, Father God. Let us know what You think, what You hear, what You want us to hear, what You want us to say, what You look like, what the actual Word means to us, what it applies to us in our life today, God. Father, we want to know the deep aspects of Your love. Father God, we, want, we do not want the world's interpretation of love. We don't want man's interpretation of love. We don't want false love. We want the love of God. We want the truth of love. We want the love that breaks open the heavens. We want the love that re, uh, releases the power of God. Father, let us know the true love of God today like never before, Father. Let us walk in your love. Let us receive your love. Let us demonstrate your love. Let us be witnesses of your love. Let us walk in truth in the fulfillment of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's message is called The Greatest. Everybody wants to be the greatest. Come on. Don't lie. You want to be the greatest preacher, the greatest husband, the greatest wife, the greatest teacher, the greatest whatever, right? So... Let's learn what the greatest is in the kingdom of God. Because I want to be the greatest too. But I don't want to be the greatest in, in, in the definition of man and religion and, you know, TBN and, you know, Hollywood. But I want to be the greatest in God's eyes. Because they wanted to be the greatest too, but Jesus kind of had to show them what their thinking of the greatest is and what His thinking of the greatest is and what the greatest actually is in an upside-down kingdom. So let us learn what the greatest is today in the voice of our Father. Love breaks the boundaries of darkness. It is the penetrating device and tool more powerful than any gift we could ever have or use. Because they all come from God. But love is more even powerful God laid on my heart than any of the gifts that He gives us. Because that is God. God so loved, what did he do? He sacrificed. God so loved that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. That was what love looks like. But if you go really deep in the whole subject, and I'm not gonna go there, but I want your mind to go there, what did God actually do? What who did he really kill? What did He really kill? And what did He really do? It goes very deep. God so loved Israel that He gave them lambs and animal sacrifices. Actually, He allowed them to use them to take away their sin, to atone for their sin. Because He hated sin so much, He gave them an alternative way to be able to take their sins away for a year. Every year they had to do it. Let's read Exodus 12, 1-24 real quick. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month you shall, on the beginning of months, you shall, it shall be the first month, this is Exodus 12, 1-24, the month of the year, you shall speak to the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of every month, so there will be four days, this month they shall take them unto every man a lamb, every man had to get a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house, and in the household to be little, uh, and and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to him, his house take it according to the number of of the souls. Every man, according to to his eating, shall make your account for the lamb. The lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats, so take it into your house, and, it shall, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day. So the tenth day, so that was four days of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two sides of the post and the upper post of the household, wherein they shall eat it. And it shall, and they shall eat the flesh in the night and roast it by fire and the unleavened bread and with the bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden of, of all with water, but roast with fire his head, with the legs and with... The pertinence thereof, and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. They had to eat it all. They had to eat it all, and that which remaineth until the morning they shall burn it with fire. And thus shall you eat it, with the loins with your loins girded, and your shoe, shoes on your feet, and your feet shod, and with the staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. And the Lord's and it is the Lord's Passover. And we know that Jesus becomes the Passover lamb for all mankind. So why did they take it in the house? Well, I believe that they wanted them to begin to get emotional with it. They wanted to to get familiar with the lamb. They wanted to... When they killed it, they wanted it to have some kind of attachment to it. It wasn't just, like, buy it in the market. See, later on, you know, they would buy stuff right in the thing, and there was nothing. But there was a, before they would buy the sacrifices, well, before, when Jesus came in the, in, in, the, in the temple, they would actually have to go out and catch it and do it. It took a little bit of work. But right here, he wanted them to bring it in the house, I believe, to get familiar with it. Bring it in the house. Make it part of the family. Uh, you know, without spotterling, they had to feed it. They had to take care of it. You know, the little kids would start to play with it. And then later, you know, what would happen? Well, it's time now we have to kill it. And the little imagine the little kids. Imagine getting a dog home from the from the pet store, right? And four days let the kids play with the dog and let the dog run around and you know, clean the dog, feed the dog, love on the dog, let the dog sleep with you, and then say, okay, now now I gotta kill it. Kinda of crazy stuff, huh? Well, I believe that was the attachment that God wanted to show that even His Son, that He sent down the attachment that He has with His Son, to to do that as a sacrifice, to obey, to obey God because He hated sin so much, to be in obedience with Him. So they would take this, and then He says, um, and, and we all know the story, and then we know that Jesus covers our house. We are now the temple of God. So the blood of Jesus covers us. So they would cover their house, and the blood shall be a token for the houses there. And... And it would pass over you, the plagues, the death, all those things. And this is why we are now the temple of God, the Lamb of God. One time now, Jesus died for our sins for always, not only to atone them for a year, but to take them away forever. And this day you shall be a memorial, and you shall keep the feast of the Lord throughout the generations, and she shall take up the ordinance forever. See, they're saying to do that forever, so I'm kind of reading this on more now because of the Sabbath thing, because right after it says, In the seventh day you should take unleavened bread, and you shall, first day you shall put the leaven out of your house, and you shall eat the bread from the first day to the seventh day shall be cut off from Israel. It's kind of like us. If we don't keep eating his word, we die. The bread, he is the unleavened bread. He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. He said, I am the bread come from heaven. And on the first day of the holy conviction, on the seventh day, they shall be a holy convocation to you. To all manner of work of work shall be done in them. Say them that every man must eat that only may be done of you. And you shall observe the feast of the unleavened bread. For this same same day have I brought your armies out of Egypt and you shall also observe this day in your generations for ordinance forever. Forever, right? Now, do we do that forever now? No, not in the New Testament. Jesus said, this is the New Testament of blood. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, so obey my word, follow my word, and we find out later His two greatest commandments are love. He said, when you do these two, you fulfill all the law. But people get so struggled in it because it, to them it's so easy, but to us... That are in the new covenant. It's very hard. It's very hard for me to love my neighbor when I want to be right. Right? So everyone say, oh, yeah. It's like, if you really see that it's really so hard really to follow this, we can only do it with him. And he gives us the power to do it. But he's saying here, on the 14th day of the month, even you shall eat unleavened bread until the one of the 20th day. And it says, in the seven days shall no leaven be found in the houses for whatsoever eateth. The leaven. It goes on and on. It says, a strange land, habitations. And then Moses called to the elders and all this. And it talks about the hyssop with the blood. And then it goes on how to put it. And then it goes, For the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians and see that the blood on their doorpost. And it goes on to say about keeping the seventh day rest. So why would we, and this is up here at, um, It's in that passage. I'm not going to waste time looking for it. But all of a sudden, then it says that. So why would we try to keep a day when Jesus is everything? When everything results to enter into His rest. So us entering, and when we operate in love and keep it we actually enter into His rest. So when we walk in love and actually manifest Christ's love, we destroy darkness, we are in the right place with God, and we open up the kingdom. It's a, it, 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 and, and everyone's saying, but see, it's not easy to love because what? It's a decision. God doesn't force us to love, and He doesn't force us to listen to Him. So all that other stuff was was something that He forced them to do. Now, love is now a decision because now He's saying that we must obey Him and keep His commandments. But then everybody under the law wants to keep His commandments, but if you're trying to keep something that He is... You can lose him in the process. Because we cannot do nothing in the flesh anymore. It's by the Spirit. So now we eat his flesh and drink his blood. And it gives us life. And we obey him and keep his commandments. But then he says, what are my two commandments? To love God with all your heart. All. And all that is within you. And love your neighbor as yourself. And we're going to get into those things in a minute. Love releases the kingdom of God. Jesus entered once in the holy place, put his blood once and for all. So if we're not going to do all those other things, like catching animals and killing them once a year, why are we going to do something else once a year or once a week? Unless God wants it every day of the week. And him being that something, being the Lamb of God, being the Sabbath, being everything, and operating in love Monday through Sunday, Saturday through Sunday, or Saturday through. Friday, better get it right order or you're going to be, you know, you'll be in trouble when God wants our order to be in our heart with Him, our heart to be in right alignment with Him. And that is my desire. That is our desire. And that's what we, we strive to do is to love. Love is not what the world says love is because we're going to get in that. Love is not what religion says love is. Love is what Jesus says love is. And we're going to find out that today. See, this is why the mainstream church in the world, we see false love. It is man's interpretation, man's definition of love, but it has mixture. It has man-pleasing mixed in with it. It has selfish desires mixed into the acts of kindness, giving glory to what it does. See, false love gives glory to what it does, not to glory to who it is for, or who it is to. It's always a part See, false love is always a part. Religion is always a part. God is all, all. Eat all the land. Don't leave anything. Share it with the neighbor if you don't, can't eat it all, but make sure it's all consumed. He says, I am an all-consuming fire. He says, love me with all your heart. He says, I am a jealous God. You're all mine. God is always all. Religion always is a part. God always wants all. Matthew twenty two thirty-six uh, to forty. Master, which is the great commandment in the law. They want to know, okay, we got all these laws, but, but you know what's the main one? What what's the law that really moves you God? What's the one that you really want us to take? I mean, what's the one out of all these laws? You know, we had all the other laws that Moses brought, and then we had the Ten Commandments. Well, so what is the one that really, you know, what's the one that you really care about? And Jesus said unto them. Thou shalt love thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. I say everything hangs on these two. <clears throat> and all the law of the prophet. Eat all the lamb. Remember what he said. Love God with all thy heart. <clears throat> Obey Him. The world in the mainstream church has false grace place. Where you still, Where you are still little g. But be a part of a community where we or where you decide what is good and what is not. They say things like, "This may not." They say things like, "This may not." Say, they believe him. In other words, they say things like, "Yeah, this says this, but are we going to believe it?" Or what is it they add, they they compromise everything? It says love you. They say things like, um, "You need to tolerate demons." says you need to live, uh, you need uh, says to live with sin, and to love the sin, but allows other the sin. In other words, it says it's okay to sin a little bit, and we need to tolerate it. it. Says God wants to do it; He will. You know, you don't have to do anything. If God wants it done, it'll be done. God's will be done. In other words, like, um, you know, if it's gonna work out, God will make work if it doesn't work out. God didn't want it to work out. It means you have nothing to do with it. It's always compromising ways. But the true love says, God did it, so we shall do it. True love says, we love the vessel, but we cannot be in agreement with the darkness. But the love of God is pure, with no selfish motives. So, what did God, when God said, "Love thy neighbor as yourself," because He knows that the world loves itself. The devil wants you to love yourself, and that but you put yourself first. See, the kingdom of God says you put yourself last. See, that's the whole difference. The mainstream church today will still say, you know, put yourself first, but you know, you got to do all these good things. But God says, no. Love me first. And love someone else as yourself. You can love yourself, that's fine, as long as you're loving other people just as much. See, that just makes the whole playing field. It's like, oh, you can take care of yourself, but you better take care of other people. Well, let me take care of myself first. But then God's saying, no, take care of other things just as much as yourself. See, that's really what makes the difference. But the love of God is pure and with no selfish motives. And it even says about, Jesus said, the world loves the same types of way. But my love is different. My love, you'll take notice. My love, you'll be hated because of it. Because it will be noticed. Because God will be glorified. So if you ever really want to see what love is, look at the sacrifice. Look at Jesus. Say, God so loved the world. What did He do? He didn't, He gave his son something he loved sacrifice love looks like sacrifice even in the Old Testament God wanted the family to get the whole lamb and kill it right the whole thing and then he even had had his Isaac tested Abraham by something he loved was he willing to do that And when he did it, he stopped it, but he was seeing his heart. Do you really love me this much that you're going to obey me and take your firstborn son, the promise, and kill your son? I mean, that to the world sounds crazy, but that's what God did with his son, and he called it love. Tests and trials of love and faith. So many want to be great, but have the mindset of a religious orphan. Jesus came and said, I have not come as one, I didn't come as one to be served. And then he says, what is greater, the one that sits at meat? So let's go to Matthew 18, 1 through 5. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom? I'm going to go through a few passages here. And Jesus called the little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted, and become as this little child. Be converted what? From the world's mindset. From the world's thinking. Though I'm a man, I got to become like a child in the kingdom of God. Though I'm an old man, it doesn't matter how old you get when you get saved. If, if, if every little child was saved as a child, then we'd all be saved around before we were adults. It doesn't work that way. He called a little child unto him and said in the midst of them, and said, Yes, you be converted and become. Converted is changed. He so says, You change your mindset of the world. You change the way the world thinks. <clears throat> and you humble yourself as this little child. You shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever there shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Little child, what do they do? They're innocent. They believe their parents. They follow their parents. They try to learn and they're very excited about things. And they're, they know that they don't know too much because they're little children. So they don't try to think they're very smart. You know, there's some little children these days that act like that. But Jesus is talking about the innocence of a child. And whoso shall receive such a child in my name receives me. It's one aspect. You look now. Look look at Matthew twenty-three, ten through twelve. Neither be ye called masters, for there is only one master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And who shall shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So God said, "You want to be great in the kingdom first, in the flesh, in the natural, in this world. In my kingdom, in the church, you need to humble yourself to me, my ways, my words, what I tell you to do, and to one another, and I'll exalt you. Because if you, the world seeks to be famous and known, you need to be seek to be humble, and 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 God will exalt you. And then, in other words, people say if you." If you brought you to a position, you're going to have to keep you there. But if God brings you somewhere, it's up to Him to keep you there. But see, even in the midst of them, things that were going on, they were still thinking that way. Walking with Jesus three and a half years at the end of the ministry, they were still asking questions like that. Because they still were not converted. They still did not understand the things of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit was not with them yet as... as, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But in, in the midst of them saying, I mean, right after saying, one of you is going to betray me, they're talking about who's being the greatest. I mean, there was no fear. That there was no, it was like, oh my God, how do you go from that to that? Luke 22, 23 through 27. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them should, should do this thing. That's what I was just talking about. Oh, which of them is going to betray Jesus. I mean, some of them didn't even know if it was them. (laughs) Oh my God, Lord, is it me? I don't know, you should know, is it you? I mean, because that's how uh, open-hearted they were, like, oh, I hope not. I mean, it's like, that's how innocent in a way they were. And then the one that knew it was, and there was also strife among them, who should be accounted the greatest? And he said unto them, The kings and the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But you shall not be so. Talking again about the world. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he that is chief, that is chief as he that does serve. For whether is greater he that sits at meat or he that serveth. In other words, he that is being served or he that serveth. It's not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you him that serves. There's no greater one in the kingdom of God than Jesus Christ. That is our example. So he came to show us the kingdom. And he walked in love. And that love got him killed. That love got him persecuted. That love got him hated. That love, see, that other type of love will get you to be liked, to be uh, accepted everywhere. The chameleon type of love where you blend in and say that that's what the church today says love is. But see, I want to love like Christ loves. I want to love the way that Jesus tells me to love. And this is not easy love. It is a hard type of love because it is not a love of our own making. It is not the love of the, the, the definition of religion and tradition. It's not the love of what the world says, you know, what man says. It's the love that brings persecution. It's the love that is not easy. That's why it's called sacrificial love. And you have to say things that aren't going to be popular. That's going to say things when people don't want to invite you to their, to their party anymore. To their gatherings. To their houses anymore. That's the type of love that Jesus... See, he was, they were loving Him when He was doing what they wanted Him to do. Like, heal this one, Jesus. Heal this one, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, come here. And even when He didn't do what they wanted to do in that aspect, they got angry with Him. And He still raised Lazarus from the dead oh, Jesus, I can't believe you weren't here when we needed you. So the choir among you, he that serveth is the greatest. See, the world say, no, you can be the greatest if you're the president, you know. President of the United States is, they say, the most powerful man in the world. No, Jesus was the most powerful man that ever walked this world, in this world. Love, love is selfless. Love thinks on others first. Love desires others to be blessed. Love does not count the cost and is always willing to pay the price. Love has no regrets. Love is always humble. Love does not have to be seen. Love has self-control. Love is not easily provoked or angered. Love does not argue. Love tells the truth no matter what the consequences might bring. Like preaching the gospel. The truth. That's what got Jesus killed, right? Love gives without expecting a return. Love does not seek affirmation. Love does not promote itself. This is, was Jesus even when he walked on the earth. I just said some of that but I have this in my notes so I'm going to read it. And he he and the Father were one. He was always promoting he never was promoting himself even though he was one with the Father. He was always pointing to the Father because he was demonstrating the kingdom of God. He was always pointing to the Father as he was trying to reveal himself To them, at the same time, pointing to His Father. I only do what I see my Father doing. I come because my Father sent me. My Father told me to be that the, the last shall be first. Love, trust. Why do you think God said love your neighbor as yourself? Because the spirit of the age is always about self. Satan is the god of selfishness. So, if you can give me a gospel that I can still be number one, and still be a Christian, and still be about me, hey, that's a great plan. But the true gospel is about love. It's not about the law, it's not about traditions, it's not about Jewish roots, it's about love. What greater love does one have than lay down its life for its friends? Jesus told them. He was talking about Himself, but he's really talking about the Father because the Father sent Him because it was the separation sending Him that God so loved the world that He sent His Son. He sent the perfect sacrifice and now He says, now we are to be the living sacrifices, doing the same thing, but living and doing it because we die to self, the kingdom of God manifest." Love is everything. Lust is self-love. Real love is denying self. Religion is a mixture of both. What greater love does one have than lay down his life for his friends? John 15, 9-27. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If you, how do you, it says continue in my love. Well, how? Well, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. And then the religious and the legalists want to try to say, oh, well, this is the law. Let's, no. If you keep my command, that means if you continue to love as I love, Love your neighbor, love your enemies, obey my words, do what I tell you to do, be led by the Spirit of God. That is the sons of God, the sons of love. God is love, so you cannot separate love and God. So if you want to be the greatest, if you want, then you say, well, you be like Him, and who is He, then you will be that, right? Love, even as He, I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. These things I have spoken unto you that your joy might remain in you. You want joy? Love. You want joy? Obey Him and love your neighbor. You want joy? You follow Him. That's where your joy comes from. Loving your enemies. Loving those that do not love you. Exalting God's Word above everything else in your life, whatever you do. And He said, I have kept my Father's commandments And abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you. That my joy might remain in you. That your joy might be full. This is my commandment. That you love one another. As I have also. That I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this. That he lay down his life for his friends. So what is that right there? It's called sacrifice. In Romans 1 it says. That we are to be living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God. and It says, Romans talks about to be a living sacrifice. What is the perfect, acceptable will of God? This is us to be a living sacrifice. This is the acceptable will of God. You are my friends. Why are you His friends? He says, because if you... It didn't say people automatically cry, I'm a friend of Jesus. But it doesn't say that everyone that's a Christian is his friend. He said, you are my friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you. See, there's always a command you. Oh, but we take, how can you take half a verse? Not even the whole verse. I mean, bad enough we cherry pick things and make it everything the gospel of our own desire and the own what we want but to cherry pick even one little part of a thing. I'm a friend of God and you do nothing that he tells you to do and you don't love your neighbor and you can't even you, as yourself. So if you do whatever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. See, there's, you're going to be a servant your whole life if you don't love. For a servant know not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends because for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should bring forth fruit. So we're ordained, love brings forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain that whatsoever I ask you, that's part of the fruit. Obedience is part of the fruit of the vine. Whatever I ask you, ask of my father in my father's name. He will give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. All those types of love that we demonstrated all before in all those other chapters. If the world hates you, you know that they hated me before they hated you. If, If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. They don't hate you because you're not loving godly. They're hating you because God's love is in you. They're not hating you because you're not loving, because he's saying you love me and you love your neighbor. See, he's saying they hate you because of who is inside of you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is this God is love. And he says if you do not love your brother, you do not have the love of God in you. So, people might like the mainstream church or the organized religion or the traditions of man or the half-love or the mixture, but the real gospel, the real church will be hated of all men. Not because of the darkness, because of the light. Not because they don't love. And then the ministry says, you don't love them. Why? Because you don't tolerate. See, they tolerate what God does not tolerate. God doesn't say toleration is love. He says, if you obey me, you love me. If you obey me, you keep my commandments. If you love me, you obey me. Of course, if you obey him, you keep his commandments. saying, if you love me, you obey me and keep my commandments. Remember the Lord said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. And if they have persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they keep my words, they'll keep yours also. Wow. That's God's main agenda, that... Your words are His words, so when they keep His words because they're your words, they're going to keep your words because they're His words. My words are not man's words because they're heavenly. My words are truth, and the truth shall set you free. So we have the power to set people free by love. But see, we have to have the right definition, the right concept. We need to be baptized in the real love of God to understand what is love. And what is the love of the world? The love of the world is lust. Love yourself first and do good things to other people. No, God says, deny yourself and put others before you and you'll open up the kingdoms, you'll open up heaven. He that hateth me, hateth my Father also. And if and now you say, if they hate you, they hate Jesus because you're supposed to be one. We are now one with Jesus. If I had done not among you the works that which I have done, other man did, they would have not had sin, But now, have they both seen and hated both me and my Father because they're one. How do you say it? They say that not, the three shall become one. The water, the word, and the blood. The, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was with God. And in the beginning they were one. Let us make man in our image, the Holy Spirit's image. But he that comes to pass, and the world might be filled, that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. See, they hated him without a cause. They hated love. See, the world really hates love. Oh, brother, false love. Let's hold out a peace sign. No, their definition of love is not God's definition of love. Their God's definition of love is going to be hate to the world. See, it's the opposite. As if we love Him, we keep His commandments. We love. See, it's, it's written right here. But when the Comfort is come, whom He I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, He shall testify of me. And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So what? The kingdom Well, We lose to gain. We give to receive. And we die to live. The power of heaven is opened by love. All the gifts of God are sanctified by love. What are you talking about? Have you ever known God giving a gift? Gifts, gifts of God to God are calling without repentance. Why do you think church has so many bad names? Because the person that's actually operating in the gifts that God has given them is not operating in love. They're operating in self, their own self-ministry, self self-promotion, selling their books, selling their names, selling anything, sell, sell, selfish ways and then the church gets a bad rap. But then they're really liked more than the other people because actually they're like, I cannot do this. Jesus, we cannot do this. She said, if you desire to follow me and be my disciples, you'll pick up your cross and deny yourself. And eat my flesh and drink my blood and you'll have life in you. Who can bear? Who can handle this? Who can do this? And they all left them. That's why you have to have faith that the Holy Spirit can do it. The Holy Spirit promises to do it. He said, I'll send my Comforter and the Spirit of Truth to abide in you, and He'll guide you into all truth. All truth is Jesus. There's nothing more true than Him. He is the truth before the foundation of the world. He said, I send the truth, and we worship the truth. See, the world's truth will make the real truth a lie because they've turned the lies into truth and truth into lies, and they've already done this, and you can see it everywhere. Because man wants to establish their own kingdom, their own ways, their own justice, and their own righteousness. But there's no justice and no righteousness outside of Jesus. And we do not want justice. We want Jesus. Because if we take justice over Jesus, He became justice for us. And if we pick any other perverted justice, we will be judged ourselves from God. This is real interesting. Here, I was reading this morning, and as like God started downloading some revelation in this whole thing. Before we close, I'm going to share some more things here. You, even before Jesus was crucified, them saying, "Bless the womb who carried." Imagine that. Who was that given to? Because Jesus was preaching, and even you know, Paul had that woman with the divination come to her. No one talks about this. God just gave me this this morning, but. That woman was saying; she was saying the truth. We know the devil even say the truth. She was saying the truth, but diverting from what was really being said, diverting from the cause, the anointing that was being preached. So all of a sudden, I don't know how it got out, or the devil spoke to a crowd of people, and that's what he does. Crucify him; he's a murderer. Well, this this person said something that was true because, but this was written in the beginning of Luke, where the angel came and said, Mary, you're going to conceive a son, and he's going to save the whole world. His name will be called Manuel. And he says, "And Mary, you have found favor with the Lord, and blessed is the woman. This was an angel that spoke to her. Now, did she? Did other people talk about this? Did the devil just put that on somebody to mimic that? Because now it's written to bring it off. But it's so funny how we take something that was said, and we make it something that is coming from God for everything. But I believe the angel was not talking to, to, the, to the multitude. The angel was talking to Mary in secret. But it was documented. right? This was Mary. She had the visitation. He said, you're going to have to keep this secret. Because you're carrying this. And then what happened when the word got out too, right? Kill all the babies. Kill all the babies. So we're, we're after that one seed, that one holy seed. And even when Moses came, kill all the babies because he was a deliverer. They're after that one seed. It was supposed to be private things. So how how these things... So let's read uh, Luke eleven nineteen 19-28. And, because it's funny, what was Jesus talking about right here? And if I, Beelzebub, cast out demons by whom do you say... Your sons cast them out. Therefore shall they be your judges. But if... So Jesus is trying to talk about the kingdom of God, the authority, the power, following Jesus, what you're going to have, what he has, what the kingdom of God is right there. But if I cast out with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When the strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But if a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he shall take from him all of his armor where he is trusted and divide his spoils. He that is not with me is against me. He's talking about unity, power, love. And he that gathers not with me is scattered. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man and he walks to dry places seeking rest and finding none, he says, I will return to my house which I have came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh seven more spirits wickeder than himself to dwell there. The last state of the man will be worse than the first. And we've seen this with people. And now, Jesus is saying all this, and all of a sudden, he's preaching this amazing thing about the authority, the power. The demons come in agreement that a kingdom divided cannot stand and all these. And here come to pass, he spoke these things. A certain woman, some woman out of nowhere, no one ever notices, right? We always take this thing. Some woman out of nowhere, distraction, right? Divination. He preaches the way of salvation. It was true when Paul was, he said that woman, they finally cast the spirit out. But who was actually exalting somebody, the woman over Jesus right there? He was bringing the kingdom. See, the, the, the deception. The devil was, oh my God, this is very serious. He's now talking about me. We're trying to say about, he's of the devil. So the certain woman of the company lifted up in the crowd, lifted up her voice and said, blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps that has sucked. Because Mary showed up. But, he said, I don't think he was trying to disrespect his mother. He was confronting the devil. See how the devil can come in and say the right things? But it's the wrong spirit. The devil can say the right things on Facebook, but you know there's something wrong. There's a diversion going on. There's something that's happening in the atmosphere that we have to know about, that, that we have to say some things. We've got to shut it down. We need to stop it because it's bringing... A perversion to that. It's bringing a distraction. And that's what the devil's always trying to do. Bring a divination and a distraction. And Jesus was sitting there. And he said, no, but rather. Blessed are those that hear the word of God. Because that's not the word of God right there. Although a religion might take it and exalt it. And the devil always wants to exalt and pervert the things of God. But Jesus knew exactly what was going on. And he took authority. And he took control over the atmosphere. And he set it right in course again. Oh, but say, that wasn't love. That's disrespectful. Oh, Jesus, how can you do that? Oh, isn't that true? You see, and then religion, and man will always not understand when things are done that do not seem like love, but the man of love knew what he was doing. And we need to imitate the things of the Spirit. And if God be for us, who cares if people don't like us? Who cares if they want to kill us? Who cares? Because what God says love is, Man will say it's not. What God ordains, man will say is a waste. What God exalts, man will say, put it down. But I want to be on God's side and I want to do what God says and I want to love like He loves and not what other people want to tell me I need to be like. Because if God before you, you'll have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And though men might persecute you, men might revile you, men might say all evil against you, but if God before you, it doesn't matter. We fear the one that says, if you keep my words, if you hear my words and keep it, you'll be blessed. So I want to be blessed with the real love of God. Not with man's love, not with my own type of love. Not the love that I give because I want it back or I want to be repaid. But the love that God sees is holy and pure. This divination she brought, Jesus was talking about the kingdom, casting out devils. So this woman, although it was true, caused unbelievable. And many people don't even talk about that. They try to take that to, to back up something an angel said and build a whole religion over it. Over two paragraphs, where one was actually being cast down from another. He was pulling it down because that was the angels. That was Mary's encounter. That was for Mary to know. But Mary had to humble herself when she knew the King of Kings. She had to hold on to that blood just as much. She had other children. She died not a virgin anymore. So let us not exalt anything above the Word of God. And let us love rightly as He does. As He was confronting. Whenever you're going to confront the devil, believe me, something's going to come your way somebody's going to come on your page somebody's going to come on your feed and it's going to sound right and you're going to have agreement with people and there's going to be a division but God is only the one that's going to scatter those wrong things so when you do not love with the love that God wants us we exalt other gods see Jesus was exalting the word of God he wasn't even exalting himself he was exalting hearing the words from his father, He said, the words I speak, they are life. The words that I speak, they are truth. The words that I speak will set you free. Eat these words. Live on these words. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of my mouth. And my words are going to start proceeding out of your belly because you're going to be filled with me. As you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have life in you. We need to understand that love of the world will make you confused about the love of God. We need to stand in the real love of God. And the real love of God is sacrifice. Even in our own lives, God has established people, places, and things to maintain God's love and to keep us being able to make the right decision when we obey His plans. You don't even realize the places you work, maybe the pl- the people you know, the places you go, what? all that keep you in that place where you're able to love. You might say, well, I don't like this or like that. But you know that God specifically understands what He needs, who you don't need to marry, who you, He wants you to marry. All these things for personal, everything's coming together so we're able to walk out the love of God. To be in the love of God is to be a witness. To be a witness. What is really a witness? A martyr. So what is that? Now we're living martyrs, and in, in other words, we can be ready to die for him. But really, we die to our flesh. Now we live for him. But even if it comes down to it, we know that what greater love that one has than lay down his life. So witness. So a witness is to look like, to be like, to become like, to be one of, to to be a witness, to be a testimony of. Something that has already been done. And that's what he says we are. To so see the, con, the concept of modern day Christianity is that this is just, they want to seem, Or they, this is the big problem with modern day Christianity. They have not grasped what real covenant is. They haven't really grasped what this whole thing is really about. It's still always about them. But see, no, it's about, it's about them, but not them. Because it's not about because they're about them right then as them, but are about them as someone else. So it is about them, but not them in them speaking of them, of us speaking of something else, which is somebody else. Love your neighbor as yourself. So it's like, God already knows, hey, everybody loves themselves. Even if you don't like yourself, you, you put yourself above everything else. I need enough food. If I have enough food for me, I'll go give someone else the food. Well, she says, "Give them the food, I'll give you food tomorrow. Oh, you're going to trust him. Are you going to love them to trust Him? They bought with a price. My life is no longer my own. They have not understand the concept of your life not being your own. Modern day Christianity is they do not have the understanding of covenants. So when I do the things I do, and I and and I do not do what God wants to do, it shows. Okay, when I do the things, when I do the things that I don't want to do, it shows. That I love the one who told me or desires me to do it. The things I do, I don't want to do, but I do them because he told me to do them or they're in the word. Or he's told me personally to do them. And when I actually do them, it shows God that I love him. That's a sacrifice. That's the whole thing about obedience. Jesus said, I don't want to go to the cross, but I love you and you love them. And if I don't go, you can't have them. Because I love you, I'm going to obey you. Although I don't want to do it. Me going to the cross and fulfilling the perfect love showed you that I am your son, that I love you. So when I do the things that I don't want to do, Jesus didn't want to get nailed, spit on, beat up, pull, his beard pulled out. You know, he didn't wake up that day and say, this is the day I've been waiting for. He's like, this is the day. And he sat in the garden and he battled. But he did it. Because love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It is a decision. And when we decide to obey God and when we decide to love the kingdom of God will manifest. See, we're not all there yet. I'm not there yet all that, but God was going to bring us there, and we're going to see the greatest exploits that the church has ever seen. But see, God's got to clean out all all these false gospels and all these things because He is love. And when we become one with love, God is love, and we cannot separate ourselves from love. So if you really love God, you go obey Him and keep His commandments. Purchase bond service, but what is... But God is good and He makes us equal and gives us the opportunity to lead us, to lead our own way. And He calls us friends. He trusts us to obey Him. And when we don't, He convicts us to repent. And He gives us to a lifestyle When Jesus, the last minute, He could have changed His mind. But He didn't. He had all authority and power to change His mind. And God gives us all authority and power to make our own decisions. And when the decision is harder, the bigger the sacrifice is and the bigger blessing comes from God. He understands the weight of everything. That's why He walked on the earth to show us what love was and to tell us to love like He loved. Love like He loved is not going to look like mainstream church thinks it's going to look like. Their love says everybody's going to love you because you're so lovely. But God says everyone's going to hate you because your love doesn't look like their love. But my love looks like something different and my love has power. Love is not force, it is a decision. Till we grasp the real love of God, we're always going to be as orphans. Love looks like a man hanging on a tree or the cross saying, forgive them. How many of them were really, oh yeah, you want to love like Christ? Well, become a living sacrifice. Oh yeah, you want to love like Christ because you want to, do all this stuff and do this and you're so nice and sweet and everybody, you're a man pleaser and you think you're loving like Christ. Christ was not a man pleaser. He, he was obedient servant. He says we can love like Him. I'm going to close the First Corinthians. But all those other definitions that I gave came out of my spirit that God was giving us that some of them agree with some of this but all that, but that's what it is. Though I speak with tongues of men, everybody can stand up, of tongues of men and of angels. And then I'm going to pray after I read this too. And have not love. Well, we know God is love, so really we can do nothing apart from Him. So let's just change that sometimes with God too. And have not God. I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and knowledge, though I have faith, that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, see, that's an act of love, but if you don't have God doing it, if you don't have real love, if you don't have the real, see, if you don't have the real reason you're doing it, see, people do all that, other religions do that type of stuff. I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, You know, what? Other religions, right? Blow themselves up. They're not going to be in heaven. That's not real love because they're hurting other people. They're doing something for their own cause anyway. Even though they're doing something so sacrificial it looks like, there's a promise that they're going to have all these wives or have this or there's something for them. They've been deceived. See, there's no deception in real love. It's pure. It's true. It's lovely and it's from God. See, there's nothing. See, everything else has some kind of realms or levels to be greatest, right? That's why they're asking, how can, you be the, how can I be the greatest in the kingdom of God? He said, no. He said, love. He that loves the most, the real love, is the greatest. Prophets mean nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. It's not jealous, does not puff itself up, it's not puffed up, it doesn't want itself, does not uh, behave unseemingly, does not seek its own, is not provoked easily, does not think of evil, rejoices not in iniquity but in the truth, beareth all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, it never fails. But whether there will be prophecies, and it goes on about tongues and all these things pass away. But he says at the end of this, now abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But what? Here we go again. Like the name, I want to be the greatest. So you need a love. The greatest of these three that never ne- love will never die. Man will die, and some men will face the second death, which is. Eternal damnation, but we will be in love. We will be in love. You'll be in love forever with God because God is love if you're in love now. So fall in love now. Return to your first love now. Love like Christ loved. Be a sacrificial Lamb of God. In other words, be a sacrificial Son of God and walk as He walked and will receive forever the promises. So learn how to love. Focus on everything but. If we just have to focus on everything, all these things to focus on. If we just focus on loving Godly, the way He loves, the true love of God, everything else will fall into place. So Father, we thank You. Everybody can pray after me. Father, we ask You. We we know we're far from what You desire us to be. But we we ask You, God, that we do want to be the greatest in the kingdom. Teach us, Teach us how to be the servant of all. How to of all. to, serve, to serve, as you serve as you serve. To love, to love as you love. As you love. Baptize, our mind Baptize our mind with the Word of God. With the word of God. Change, us Change us into your image. Into your image. Make, us Make us a living, a living sacrifice. sacrifice. Let us understand, Let us understand the, power the power of what real love is. Let us not be defiled in our thinking, in our ways, in what we do. Let it be desirable of you. Open up the windows of heaven. I mean, you've opened them up. But pour out the true riches, the anointing that breaks the yoke, the words of truth that bring us closer to you. Father, we thank you that today we decide to love as you desire us to love, that we pick up our cross and deny ourselves and help us to cast down arguments, being right, trespassing, making ourselves known, trying to to show that we're right. Help us, Help us to, to, to crucify this flesh, crucify this flesh, that, desires flesh. that desires to be great in the world. In the world. But Father, we desire Father, we to be the, be the greatest in the, in the kingdom of God. I want to be the greatest be great in, the in the kingdom of God because I understand, I understand. what it is, what it is to, be to, be to be great in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God is God. to be the least Of all things. To be the most humble. To be the lowest place. To be the servant of all. This is my desire. Father, pluck out every other seed in my mind that will distort the real love of God. And right now, baptize us in the Holy Spirit and in the fire of God. That burns out every other kingdom, every other thought, every other motive, burns out divination and everything that gets in the way of your word, that we will become the living epistles, the oracles of God that you desire us to be. Let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. Let your word. Be written on our tablets of our heart. That no matter what. Man tries to do. Nothing can stop. Us. Because your word. Is one with us. Is written on us. In our hearts. And we follow it. And we eat your flesh. And we drink your blood. And this is the life. Of love that we will lead. In your name. In Jesus' name, we receive it, we believe it, and we will walk in it, no matter what. Make us ready, because we are one with you, and you are the greatest of all. In Jesus' name, amen.